from Star Studios in Denison, Texas, this is Coffee with a Sign Painter, a weekly podcast hosted by sign painter Sean Starr that consists of interviews with other sign painters and some of the customers and characters Sean comes across while running his studio. Hello there. Welcome back to Coffee with a Sign Painter. Uh, last week, I uh, did part one of an interview with Derek McDonald of Berkeley, California, sign painter out there. And uh, we ran into some technical difficulties. Uh, so we decided to make this a two-part interview. And so today is part two. And... Um, we're going to pick up our conversation where we left it off and uh, got lots of fun stuff to talk about, including music and uh, some other things. So let's go into part two with Derek McDonald of Golden West Sign Arts in Berkeley, California. All right. Okay, so part two. Part two. Let me see here, figure out. I'm like, today I've got half battery power, so okay. 50%. Yeah, that, that'll get us far enough, I think. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so right. how's it going? Good. Going good. Sitting in the van, got the coffee. All right. Well, I already had my Sign Painter's Blend coffee, Ooh. but with the rain, I'm still dragging, so I'm consuming oh. American sugar products with Dr. You Pepper. Moved on to the good stuff. Mm. I used to be addicted to Dr. Pepper. Did you? Oh, man. Well, I haven't drank soda really in years, but I used to drink that by the gallons, man. I would just down that stuff. I, I probably drink two or three a week of, mm -hmm. of anything, which it's usually Mexican Coke, which has the real Cane sugar. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I'm dragging this morning, so. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and we're about, we're in the midst of getting clobbered by this tropical storm, so it's going to be a long yeah. day. Yeah, I, I did a Google weather kind of search thing in your area and it looked pretty bad yeah it's you can actually see it swirling on the radar map it's weird well you guys need to ship some of that water our way yeah i know isn't it isn't it crazy like you guys are completely drying out and we're getting yeah. soaked i haven't seen a real rainstorm in years hmm. well except for when i drove through texas a couple of weeks ago <laughs> ah, there you go <laughs> there's plenty of rain <laughs> okay so where we left off um let's see well, first of all, I want to hear about your your musical excursions. Oh. Because, you know, you'd mentioned you're in four bands, and I've, I've watched some videos of your, um, I, I would assume it's like rockabilly? Like, what would you classify it as? I was in kind of a rockabilly-style band a while back. I'm not any longer. Okay. So maybe you saw an older clip. Was there a girl singing? Yeah. Yeah, that was, I only just recently left that band a couple months ago, but yeah, kind of, you know, they, they labeled, label her Americana because, I mean, that's such a broad term, but yeah, she does a little bit of rockabilly, a little bit of rhythm and blues and okay. stuff like that. So but, what are you doing now? So I guess, I think I'm involved in five bands now, uh, none of which are very serious. We just kind of goof around here locally. I'm in a Western swing band called the West Coast Ramblers. Awesome. So Bob Wills and the Texas Playboy style stuff, big, steel guitar. Big, big fan of that genre music. I love Western swing. Good stuff, yeah. Uh, another band I play with is called Hot City. 
based out of Sacramento, and that's a traditional hot jazz, like uh, 20s, 30s, almost a little New Orleans style, you know, real danceable jazz. Okay. Uh, the Makia Matsuda Trio, that's a steel guitar jazz trio. So je- classic jazz being played on steel guitar. I'm, I play drums, so okay. all these bands I mentioned, I'm the drummer. Uh, another band called The Better Halves, that's kind of like a country band, and it's, comp- it's comprised of two husband and wife teams that sing and play all the instruments, and then I play the drums. And then what else? A band, a trio called the Bim Bam Boys, <laughs> and we do a little bit of rockabilly, r- rhythm and blues, and jazz standards. You know, thirty style jazz. So oh. that's that's five. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That you are a busy man. I am. I have, I have a weekly gig four blocks up from my shop at a bar called Townie every Thursday. So if anybody's ever in the area and they want to mellow see out, you do your thing. Yeah, well, it's just a cool place to come and hang out and, you know, have a beer, eat good food. But it's every Thursday from 7 to 9. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll ask you the, uh, the, the universal question. What, what's on your iPod this week? Oh, man. Oh, where to begin? Always early Louis Armstrong, 1920s, early 1930s, Louis Armstrong. And, uh, well, I was doing a, after the first episode of the podcast, I went and did my wall job and I listened to Charlie Parker, best of dial records compilation and all the recordings with Billy holiday with Lester young from 1936 and 1937. I would highly recommend that. I've got got all of that stuff on my iTunes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got a huge collection of old jazz. Good. That's, that's the real American music. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, have you seen that, uh, that movie on Netflix? Um, this ain't no mouse music. No, but okay. Explain to me what that means because you know, you know about down home music and El Cerrito here. That's the whole movie is about that guy okay. that, that did okay. that and how I he did it. Connection because that's one of my favorite record stores. I collect seventy-eight RPM records, you know, the old old ones, and I go there all the time. And they have a really cool old wall sign on the side of the building it says "Down Home Music." This ain't no mouse music. Yeah, they explain wonder, it in the what? movie. And I, you know, I'm not even going to talk to you about movies. You haven't even watched Sign Painters yet. I know. I know. But, I know. <laughs> the movie is amazing. It's the guy's uh, passion and enthusiasm for music is totally infectious, and it, and cool. it shows how you know he basically would just drive to these different spots like Louisiana and Texas, uh, and he would just find these guys that were like you know just you know he would ask around basically, and they'd say, "Oh, you should go listen to so and so," and he'd go record them on their front porch. So all of those old original wow. records were so, just him literally hanging a mic, um, you know, from whatever was nearby and recording it and, and, and preserving that, that music that way. It was amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. That's, uh, I guess, the, the, the guy that really was famous for doing that is Alan Lomax. He, he did field recordings of... Uh, Lead Belly and Muddy Waters before Muddy Waters was famous. And yeah, in El Cerrito, it's a great place. Um, it's right on San Pablo Avenue. It's 
which is actually the same street as my old shop. So it was right down the street from me. It's it's a good spot. Very cool. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about the iPod stuff. Um, what what's on the horizon for you? You got any cool stuff coming up? Uh, yeah. I think uh, today we have a meeting with a brewery owner okay. uh, that has taken over an old Dodge dealership in Oakland, <laughs> gutted it out, and is going to make one of those kind of brew pub things where you sit around and a beer garden, yeah. And uh, it's all exposed brick on the inside, and he kind of wants a bunch of ghost signs, you know, big billboards and faded out brick stuff. So That sounds awesome. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. That that meeting is today. Okay. So, uh, other than that, just your average, you know, general stuff that we do. We do we do it all. I I have uh, accounts with two places that I do grocery store signs on butcher paper, and you know, we'll do gold and you you name everything in between. Nice. Okay. Well. Um I'm going to be contacting you in the near future about uh, a project that we're working on um, that'll take place in Ireland. Oh, cool. And I'm going to be reaching out to you and a couple others to uh, per- perhaps participate in a little bit of an art exhibition if you're interested. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Exciting. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It's um, What I can tell you now is that it'll be in Ireland. It'll be in September, which is the same time the letterhead meet is here in the U.S. Yeah. And uh, it will involve some Irish sign writers and the band oh. The Cranberries. Cool. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, it'll Exciting be fun. Stuff. Speaking of Ireland, have you, did you hear what happened in Berkeley yesterday with the Irish people? I did not. Oh, man. These uh, Irish students that are going to Cal Berkeley were all up on a sixth floor balcony having a birthday party and this was bad already yeah this was last night at about one in the morning the balcony collapsed flipped upside down and threw all the people off the building and six people died oh my god that's terrible all from ireland so it's the big the big news around here and yeah and the basketball game which i'm not a sports guy but i guess our team won Ah. (laughs) that's all the news over here (laughs) wow that's horrible six people died yeah and set and several others i think seven other people are in the hospital in critical condition it just the building wasn't even old it's 10 years old you know it's probably built cheaply or something but the whole thing just flipped upside down and threw them off the building that's horrible yeah and this is like i don't know maybe six or seven blocks from my shop that it happened real close very sad very sad definitely wow but uh, yeah not to dwell on that that's that's a bummer man let's talk about something fun yeah i know (laughs) well the the ireland thing sounds cool that that just sparked my memory of that that sounds great count me in okay are are you going to the letterhead meet this year it, it looks like I will be. Uh, all signs, no pun intended, are pointing that I will be going. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try my best. Yeah, I, I had been um, looking at, at doing that, and then we got uh, approached with this Ireland project, and uh, I ain't turning that down, so. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kind of of a a once-in-a-lifetime deal, so I kind of want to make sure that happens. Yeah, you got to take every chance you can, and that's why I've missed, in the last couple years, I've missed a lot of things that I wanted to go to because, you know, I had jobs scheduled or certain things going on, and I just had to do that, you know? And Yeah. I, I, I totally see where you're coming from, especially if it's a, a really good opportunity like that. You know, you got to do what you got to do. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it's kind of a challenge. Um, you know, most of the meets and, and that kind of stuff, uh, you know, you, you've got to facilitate not only taking the time out of the schedule, but having right. the money at that time of year to go if Yep. If it happens to be a slow spot, you're just like, okay, I just paid my bills and now I got, you know, nothing to go do this with and Yeah. It's yeah. pretty hard. It's I went to two wall dog meets, had a blast, and I wanted to go to the one the next year. But the shop was busier at that time and I just had to keep working and you know, there was a few gold things around here that I was invited to, but I had jobs scheduled and, you know, I I haven't been to anything in in a really long time, and you know I, I'm hoping that I can go to this because I know it'll be a big deal, and there's going to be nothing like it. You know, it's going to be a once in a lifetime kind of thing, and so I'm I'm excited to go. So we'll see. I'm going to do my best, try to save up, and but like you said, you you know you said it right. You you, you got to close up your shop, and if you're slow or whatever, you know, it's, it's like, you, it's almost like it's something you got to save up for, I guess, which I'm no good at doing. So yeah, same here. Yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody about this a, a while back, you know, with all of the media coverage and notoriety that, you know, uh, some of us have gotten, I think there's the assumption that, you know, you're like, you know, cruising along and, and making great money all the time and everything else. And, right. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's cracked me up. Um, I didn't reveal this at the time, but when you guys all came up for that letterhead meet, when we were, um, when they were filming the movie sign painters in our yep. studio on big bear, uh-huh. that house we were in, Kaylee and I were living there for free. Uh huh. And, um, the, the couple that owned it was, from new mexico and that was like their their winter cabin oh yeah and um they had decided to come to town like at the same time and the whole arrangement depended on you know them having use of the house and it was just total chaos yeah it was horrible because you know i I, we both really wanted to kind of have this big you know like um hospitality aspect to the whole thing and right. you know hang out with everybody and it was just like uh <laughs> yeah yeah you, you you definitely uh once that's in the equation you can't have undivided attention you're probably a little bit frazzled i would imagine yeah it, it, you know and it, it, it's funny because you you know you go through different things in life and you're, you're only willing to show so much of your hand but yeah yeah <laughs> that was a that was a really tough time for us financially because we were um 99 of the work that we were getting was like downtown la and yeah, west yeah. hollywood 
Right. So like what, a two hour drive or something oh, like that? Gosh, you know, with traffic, it was sometimes four to five hours. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I would drive down there and I would work in, you know, Hollywood or Beverly yeah. Hills on these, you know, multimillionaire people projects and everything right. in my old beater truck. Yeah. And, and, you know, half the time I would pull over and, and sleep before coming home because I didn't yeah. want to drive up that mountain at three oh, in yeah. the morning. And yeah, that's crazy. That's a crazy drive. Yeah. That was a really hard situation to yeah. maintain in. And then, you know, once we, uh, got picked up to do all that work for the gap, yeah. um, the money was better, but it was it was worse deadlines and everything else. So yeah, it's know, the trade off. Yeah, it's yeah. always that trade off. The lifestyle in that situation was extremely challenging. Yeah. Well, one thing I I know, and I'm hoping one day to move beyond this. But when I decided to open up my shop and whatnot, is I decided it. You know, well, I knew that it was going to be a big sacrifice in a lot of ways, and I just decided to live really simply and go for it. And this was before I, I knew Tina, and I thought I was going to be this single guy, you know, so I just figured, okay, I'll get a shop, and I'll just kind of be a, a shop bum and just, like, crash on in my shop. And, right. you know, it's like you have to sacrifice so much just to make things work, and and uh live really simply and especially if you're going to be in a uh you know a really high cost of living area and it's tough out there it really is um yeah you know for three years the first shop i i had we well we had a little cottage in the backyard of the shop but you know calling it a cottage is probably being very kind to it, it was, <laughs> more of it was, a shack <laughs> yeah it's pretty much a, like a little old shack that maybe was you know at one point like a tool shed in the 20s or something but at some point somebody converted it and you know put a bathroom and shower in it and everything in there but we lived in that for three years and and it was uh, it was a sacrifice you know and now like we think we're we're really living the life now because we have a separate apartment in another <laughs> town and, and our shop so we think we're in like beverly hills you know right. but it's still by most people's standards pretty humble <laughs> living yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, to I guess to to drill on that point that you brought up, it's not glamorous. It's just a job. It's it's a job. It's I think it's the best job in the world, and I, I I'm not downplaying it one bit. I absolutely 100% love what I do, but um, glamour, a lot of money, no, no. Some you know you have ups and downs just like anything else, and yeah. uh, you have to deal with all the same stuff that you do in any situation um it's work is what it boils down to is that it is work yeah and you know and i i've talked to some some of the old timers about that of some of the newer people coming into it i think that's the that that's the biggest reality check that they get <laughs> it, yeah it's work man and you're yeah. you know uh setting up heavy ladders and climbing up and down buildings and you know, dealing, Absolutely. dealing yeah. with deadlines and occasional personalities that you don't yes. normally want to deal with. And, you know, yes. it, it's a lot of challenging work. That, being, of that being said, it's also extremely rewarding work. And, and that's yeah. why all of us have stuck with it all these years. But yeah, it, it's work. Okay. 
After some additional technical difficulties, we decided to switch, and uh, this officially makes it the uh, Frankenstein podcast, in my opinion, because now we're going to switch the conversation to uh, talking through his cell phone. So the sound quality uh, changes here, uh, but the conversation's good, things are good, so... Uh, Let's continue up with this next part of the conversation. And now we're talking to Derek on his cell phone. can still hear. It's kind of cool. It's like an old radio talk show. Right. It's AM. Here we are. Yep. <laughs> AM dial. <laughs> Low tech. Uh, okay. Let's do some Art Bell subject matter then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was abducted in a cornfield and... <laughs> Ooh, I need to find some cool music for that part. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we were having a really great discussion about the, um, just about the economic realities of living and working. Yes. Uh, it's a, it's a real job. And, you know, I, I, I've only done just the hand-painted thing. I, I, I've, I haven't done the computer thing or the vinyl thing, so I really couldn't say for sure, but it might maybe be more of a challenge being stubborn and just only doing hand lettering. I, I don't know. Uh, I might be way off base there um, just because I don't have the experience on the other side to know. But, you know, on my street, there's, I think, four other sign shops just on my street alone. Really? So, oh, yeah. I'm looking at one right now <laughs> across the street. So, And, of course, they're all, you know, there's not a can of paint in the place. They're all uh, just digital print and LED light things and you, right. know, you name it, those those horrible uh, banner flags that they put uh -huh. up on the PVC pipe. And, you know, it's, they're all of that nature and... Um, they seem to have pretty fancy operations. I don't know. <laughs> they, they've got meet the trucks and, you know, nice, big, clean shops. So I, I don't know what it's like for the other side of it. But Yeah, I, yeah. I've dabbled in the other side, um, you know, and uh, it, it, it's there. There's a lot more money to be made over there. Let's just say. Yeah, um, I get because you could just crank stuff out. Yeah, and that and that's why there's so much terrible-looking signage from that realm is because there there's no you don't ta you don't get time to think about anything. It's right. you, you know it is just churn and burn constantly. Um, yeah, and anything creative, it, it's almost looked upon uh, with disdain by the business owners that I've worked for. Um, uh -huh. because it, it's a total threat to the profit margin because right, the last right. thing they want is the guys designing on the computer to like take too long. And then the guys executing sure. it in the back have to take longer to put it together. You know, they, yeah. that's been my experience. Those guys hate it. You know, it all adds up to, yeah, it all comes down to time and money and, yeah, you can see it out there. I mean, you, you just see these banners and all this stuff that just has, Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying this like I'm Mr. Uh, layout expert or Mr. Design Guy or whatever. Not at all. But, you know, you see some of these things and they just have 
no regard for legibility, no regard for layout, just yeah. nothing, nothing even, nothing even close. It's just typed out. There it is. You know, the margin. It's just some of the stuff is just really bad. You know, it just doesn't make any kind of sense from a legibility standpoint, or you know, let alone aesthetically. You know, of course, all that stuff just looks bad. And that's not to say that you know. That's not downing the whole computer vinyl thing. You could make beautiful signs with that technology. It's yeah, there. and, the and there are there. people out there doing that. A hundred percent. Yeah, but, definitely. But they're, they're few and far between. Few and far between. Exactly. Yeah. The the average. That I guess you know it's it's easy to generalize and say that all vinyl and all all that stuff is bad because it's probably like ninety nine percent of it is really bad you know it is all just to churn it out who cares what it is get it done fast you know legibility and readability is almost like a secondary thought it's just type out what the customer wanted you to type out and some some of the stuff that, at least around here i don't know about other places some of the stuff has improper grammar and misspelling yeah no even. i've seen it too you know i think in a way it's kind of a war between right and left brain people because um i know i definitely uh would benefit from being a little bit more uh focused on bookkeeping and and all of that stuff but you know like i go into a sign painters studio and Mm -hmm. all the books on the wall uh, on the bookshelf are you know i'm like looking at my bookshelf right now it is packed solid with everything from you know design theory books to old samples to old sign crafts by the million to you know, mm-hmm. uh, old train logo book I've got, you know, yep. I've got hundreds of those. And if you go into your any average vinyl shop, you know, you're going to see maybe 10 books and they're all going to be uh, business management stuff. Wow. And that's yeah. that's so the difference go. right there. That's where the focus is. I could yep. benefit from a little bit more of that focus. But, um, yeah. you know, the reality is, is it's just too completely different mindsets um and in the end you know the those people will do better financially than the rest of us but there's there's no heart and soul in in what most of them do so what do you do right yeah i think i think that sounds just about right and that's probably the case everywhere it probably is it's uh i guess that's just the way things are these days yeah, uh, it, I guess in a way it's good because it makes what we do a specialty, you know, versus back when hand-painted signs were just the norm. Well, that was just the norm. So I guess we got to think of it like, you know, at least we're, this is a special thing now and and, and we can set ourselves apart from, from those shops. And, and those, a lot of the shops around me in my little general vicinity here will refer customers to me if a customer goes into their shop and say, I want a, I want a wall sign painted or I want a, you know, uh, you know, my address gold leaf done in gold leaf above my door, they usually send them right over to us. They, they are aware. They are conscious. Yeah. The and, other I, side and, and I am seeing a, a recent shift in that where, um, 
you know, I think a lot of uh, the typical sign shops have viewed us um, either as a um, they're not real sign people because they paint or B, um, you know, uh, a a threat like oh well you know they're going to just try and and expand into doing what we do and I think they right. finally figured out that we're just a completely different animal and we're different starting deal. to see and get some of those calls too of people who are like hey yeah. you know so and so's done all of my you know vinyl on my trucks or whatever but he mentioned yeah. that you could do this specialty thing right yeah yeah there's no reason why we all can't work hand in hand and you know, cross-reference. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of that. I mean, we we do it the other way around. You know, we just did a job last week where I had to do three kind of corporate logo things, you know, interior office stuff where I had to do kind of, you know, their logo lettering on their interior walls, and they really wanted it hand-painted. And it was, honestly, it was kind of, it, it could have been done with vinyl and you wouldn't have known the difference. It was just kind of run-of-the-mill stuff, but it was real small, tight lettering. And, and then they wanted all this information on their front window, you know, hours of operation and three different phone numbers, two different websites and all this little stuff. And it was all supposed to be, you know, half-inch block letter. Uh-huh. And I just, we just straight up went, you should probably call Vinyl Shop for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could do it, but it's, if you want it that small and you want it to look like what you want it to look like, it's going to take me at least, you know, X amount of hours to do this and I'm going to have to make the pattern, blah, 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 blah. So it's going to probably cost you around this much, but you could probably call Vinyl Shop and they can slap it on there. And if it's something that you don't really, you know, that that you don't really care too much about, you're better off doing that. And they did. They did do that and they were thankful for that reference. So, yeah, you know, it works both ways. And I guess... I hate to have to say this, you know, but I guess vinyl has its time and place, you know, because I didn't want to do that. I, if they want, wanted some hours of operation on their door that were a little bit more fun looking or, you know, something that kind of lended itself to what I do, I would have happily done it, but they just wanted something real generic and real, real computer. No, so, I, I completely agree. Um I, I don't have a hatred for vinyl. I you know I've done lots of it over the years, um, uh-huh. and there there's definitely you know applications where it makes the most yeah. sense, like what you're describing. You know, yeah. um, you can spend all day hand lettering a window with a bunch of little type, um, right. or you can you know put a piece of vinyl up there and literally install it in you know five minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, you know, things like, uh, you know, if some big companies got a bunch of vans that they lease and turn in every three years. And, you yeah. know, it, it makes no sense whatsoever to put permanent paint on that that they'll have to address right. before they turn in the trucks, you know. Um, sure. So, yeah, there's it, it, it's a it's a great uh, it, it's a great tool um for a lot of different things but uh i i've i've talked to others about this before i think where everything went wrong is instead of it being viewed as an alternative um they they kind of just came in and dominated the industry and tried to pass off that they were able to do custom signs right 
Right. And, and you know, oh no, we can take care of that. We can do that. And that's why suburban America looks the way it does is because all these guys started slapping stuff together with vinyl with no design skills. And right. for yeah. some reason, I don't understand the business owners were like fine with it. Yeah, everybody seems to be okay with it for the most part. It seems like it's just the norm. You know, it's, it's just a very normal thing to drive down any main street in whatever town and see, you know, horrible manners clapping in the breeze. And, you know, it's just the norm. Everybody just seems to have accepted it as a normal look and uh, it's pretty pretty overrun and uh, kind of bleak looking, you know. Which which just but, uh, brings me back to my confusion that you still have not watched the movie Sign Painters. No, I have not. This is what the whole movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said the other day, I, apparently I live under a rock or something. I don't know. I, I just get into my own little mold and I don't want to shut myself out, but in the nicest of ways, I guess I, I do. I, I don't shut myself out on purpose, but I kind of get into my own zone, and next thing you know, I've missed out on some stuff. But I guess that goes along with what we were saying about being a small business owner and it being a job. I, I get I get so worked up in that, I kind of forget about a lot of other stuff. So that's my excuse from sticking to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think we should wrap up. All right. And uh, thanks for uh, doing part one and part two. I know you've got some technical challenges with with your uh, internet there, so we've or lack of internet. Yeah, we we've pieced together a Frankenstein of ep- of an episode this week, but it's okay. I think there's still some good stuff in here. Good, and I apologize in advance if if I'm really boring to, to listeners out there, and if I'm not, then then that's good too. Nah, not boring at all. It's all good stuff. Good. Well, I'm, I'm honored to, uh, to have been a part of it, and I, I think it's pretty cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And I will be in touch sometime over the next week to ten days about that Ireland project and um, put that info in front of you, and hopefully uh, you'll be able to participate in that. Sounds good. Just let me know. Okay. Thanks, Derek. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, there you have it. The Frankenstein episode is complete. And uh, thanks a lot to Derek and Tina for participating and being on the show. Um, Lots of good stuff, lots of good fun. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And all of those of you that are listening every week, uh, thanks. And we'll talk to you next week. Today's episode of Coffee with a Sign Painter is brought to you by Full City Rooster Coffee Roasters in Dallas, Texas. Roasting distinctive coffees from around the world. Sean drinks Full City Rooster Coffee every day in the studio. You can order their coffee online at fullcityrooster.com. Coffee with a Sign Painter, hosted by Sean Starr. You can find all sorts of info about the show and sign painting, including previous episodes, at our website, 
seanstar.com. 